the biggest challenge about creation is not understanding what you want to create and not understanding what's in your mind enough. So the first thing is about like, what's the purpose of creating this? Is it like something that you need to do it daily or weekly because it's your job? Is it just like there's interesting things that comes to your mind and you want to kind of figure them out and share with others? There could be like many different purposes of creation. And so I think the first part, the first challenge people have to come through is like why they want to create this and who is this for? And the better they are at understanding these things, I think the easier it comes to creation. This is Startup Island Taiwan. Everything about Taiwan and cutting-edge technology, startup unicorns, and connections to the world. Welcome to the Startup Island Taiwan podcast. My name is John from the Asian Armature YouTube channel. I'm your host today, and I'm here today with Alan Chen from Heptabase. Hello, Alan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Great, great. So I think like one of the most interesting things I would like to ask you a little bit about the story of Heptabase. But first, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you come to co-found Heptabase? What does the company do? What kind of products do they offer? So Heptabase is a visual note-taking tool that helps you learn complex topics. And uh, our primary users are project managers, software engineers, researchers, and many college students as well. And uh, you can think of it kind of like a combination of Notion and Figma if you have ever used any of them. For those who have not tried, what is Notion look like and what does Figma look like? So Notion is basically a note-taking app that designed for kind of like a project management purpose. And uh, you can collaborate on document and then organize them in database in kind of this hierarchical structure. And Figma, on the other hand, is kind of a design software basically to help you do visual design and then communicate design with the entire team. So when I say combination, it's not about like the purpose, it's about like the kind of form. In Heptabase, our fundamental element is cards, which each of them is kind of like a Notion page or a Google Doc or whatever note-taking app you are using. So those are your notes. But then you can like place them visually on the visual space, just like you place it on the Figma board and kind of like link them together, draw connection and add color, draw section. And so you can have a better sense of what's the big picture of your knowledge looks like. So you can move these note cards on your board like free flow, right? Yeah, let's just like one part of it. And on the other hand, you can reuse your notes across multiple different whiteboards. So which means you can kind of reuse your knowledge across different contexts. For example, like you might have learned these mathematic concepts when you are in elementary school, when you're in college, basically, you don't take notes in elementary school. But <laughs> yeah, so you could have learned some mathematical concept in a class, in a course, right? And then you have a whiteboard, which with the name of that course, like calculus, and then you have all these different concepts about calculus. But then like in the future, maybe two years later, you are working on a project and you are going to use some of the concept you have learned in the past. And so you can easily pull out the existing knowledge, existing note you have from different boards into a new board that is your current project and kind of structure that fits into the current state. So that's the general idea of being able to construct a knowledge network and to preserve them in its original context, but then reuse them in the future whenever you need and how did you come to co-found Heptabase? Like, what was your journey before this company? So I co-founded Heptabase in 2021, which is like a year ago. And a bit about me, when in 2016, I was in college in National Taiwan University, majoring physics and mathematics. But then I studied for a year and realized that I don't really want to stay in the college. So I decided to drop out right after my freshman year. And then I basically learning whatever I'm interested in, like doing some reading on different topics, like computer science, history, geography, whatever, <laughs> just like learn whatever I'm interested in. Then in 2019, I applied to a university called Minerva University. It's based in San Francisco, but 
actually based around the world. It's an online university, but the student lives together in a dorm and they have a very good package of financial support so that even people from Asia, from Africa, from different continents are all affordable, depends on your financial situation. So I applied to them and I got some scholarship and work study. So I decided to like move to San Francisco to study computer science this time. And then I stay for a year and I drop out again. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, I drop out again at the end of 2020. And this time it's not because I want to learn something. Instead, I want to build something and that eventually become Heptabase. So I drop out from Minerva University at the end of 2020, start Heptabase in 2021, found my co-founders, work together, and we launch our product at I think at May, and then we start having some users and we apply to Y Combinator at September, got an interview at December, got accepted and went to the batch, which is this January to March. And then we close our seed round from several Silicon Valley investors like Half Capital, Kleiner Perkins, Moving Capital and several angel investors. So basically like right now we are operating on the whole company and uh, trying to continue iterating the product to a better state. That's really cool. So how big is the company? How many people work there? Uh, there are three co-founders, one full-time employees, and one part-time contractor. So it's actually 4.5 people, <laughs> I would say. Not bad. Not bad. How, where did um, Heptabase's first users come from? Like, How did you get your first users? I think I got my first user in Telegram. Yeah, so because I was in a lot of different knowledge management or note-taking community online in Telegram Discord. So at the very beginning, I spent a week basically building a minimal viable product, just demonstrate the concept of how it looks like when you can reuse your node across different visual space. But I want to kind of test it out and get some feedback from people who might need it. Because mm. like, I know I need it, but I don't know <laughs> who else will need it. So... I go to Telegram chat and then I search visual, I search whiteboard, I search mind mapping and I, I, I found a bunch of different people and just I text them the MVP that I built and then tell them to give me some feedback. So that's how we acquire the first, I think, five to 10 users. I wouldn't call them users because they are not using it <laughs> at the time because we don't even store the node. We just like demonstrate the concept. That's how we get like the first few people to give feedback to us. And then later on, we start adding, uh, iterating that MVP so that we can actually store node, we can do markdown, we can link to each other, blah, 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 like a lot of new stuff rolling out. And then we got more and more users. And then some people start actually using it and find it useful and they recommend it to others. So the community kind of grow organically. And uh, it went from, I think, zero, one to five to now, I think there's like 6,000 members across 82 countries right now. And we ship very fast. We iterate a new version literally every day or two. And then people talk to each other and say like, oh, there's this new tool. Very cool. They are like shipping features super fast. And <laughs> they have this like super new idea in the note-taking community that no one has tried before. So yeah, that's how we get started. And uh, how did the name come about? So... Originally, our name is not Heptabase. We are called Project Meta. And the reason we call it Project Meta is because like, we have this idea of adding metadata or adding properties to different nodes. And so that in the future, people can program this node on top of this property oh. and to create different application or different view, different tools using their existing nodes. So that's like the original vision of like how these things will go forward. Yeah, but then like there's this company changing their name to Meta and uh, there's this kind of like trademarking things that <laughs> we didn't apply for a trademark. We have to change our name. And so we were like, yeah, like we need to figure out a new name. Yeah, so 
the the reason we call it Hatabase originated from uh, there's this science fiction mm-hmm. called Story of Your Life by Ted Chung. I love that book. Yeah, I love that as well. Yeah. So you know, like in Story of Your Life, there's this alien called Heptapod, right? Yes. And uh, there's this language Heptapod A and Heptapod B, and that language is about how you can having a language that can represent past, present, and future all together in one place. And that gives the feeling of like why I built Heptabase. It's about connecting knowledge from the past and present and future and preserve all the original context. So I feel like, yeah, maybe we can use the word hepta as part of our product. And the reason there's a base, I mean, like we have a lot of idea, like hepta flow, hepta base, like so many idea. And then we just like brainstorm sound of the N word <laughs> and then like vote for it. And in the end, we call it hepta base because it's like a database for your note. So I kind of want to ask you a few questions because this is something that I do every day, right? Like I do all this work on researching and kind of putting together knowledge and stuff like that. How did you come up with kind of like your emphasis on these three steps, you know, thinking, capturing, creating? Like how did you break that down to create the workflow that Heptabase runs around today? From the very beginning, like what we're actually trying to do is to connect five phases instead of three. So there's this like exploration stage where you explore knowledge. And there's this collecting stage where you collect some of the knowledge that you have explored, and then you think about them, and then you create an output based on your thinking, and in the end, you share with others so other people can explore. Um, so like that's kind of the information lifecycle that we want to connect. But then you can separate them into two parts, which is the individual part and the collective part. Like sharing and exploring is more of like uh, how people communicate knowledge collectively. And while collecting, thinking, and creating is about how individual people process knowledge independently. And so at the beginning of Heptabase, we want to focus on the individual first, because we believe that it is more important to create a tool that can augment individual thinking before we evolve this tool into a collective intelligence tool. And so that's why we focus on collecting, thinking, and creating at the very beginning. And um, in terms of these three stages, uh, you can think about like many different tools, they focus on different stages. Like Apple Notes pre-installed in your phone is about just collecting. Like you open a note, you write it down, and that's it. And while there's other tool like Notion could be focused on organizing or creating. And then there's like Miro, which could be focusing on like having this visual thinking. But in our case, we believe like there's pipeline of distilling knowledge from its very raw state into a better state that fits into your mind and then that fulfill your purpose afterward. So we want to make it clear that there's different components in Heptabase that focus on different stage, but we connect this component together to make sure the process of distilling knowledge is smooth enough for our user. Um, so like in short, like Heptabase have several different features. We have journal feature where it's just like a daily note. Every day you open it, you can just write whatever comes to your mind into it or like when you are taking the course, when you watch a video, and then like there's this like some insight that you want to capture, you write in journal. And but then afterward, we have this whiteboard feature where you can pull information out of journal and present it on a visual space, connect them together to make sense of it. Like I said in the beginning, to see the big picture of the learning topic or the topic that you are research at. And the third phase is about creating. And when it comes to creating, it could be, depends on the purpose of creation, right? Like for a product manager, it could be making a product decision. So they have to kind of translate what they already have in the whiteboard into a decision or into a page that they can send it out to the team. Or like for like a researcher, they might want to write a paper. So they could have several whiteboards about literature review, uh, several whiteboards about their uh, overall structure of their research. But then like, they can easily pull out this information and then throw them together on the side 
and then have a paper on the lab and start writing it and cross-referencing the original ideas. So that's kind of like the current workflow. There are different uh, different features that fits to a different purpose. The whiteboard is more for syncing. The tab system is more for creating and the journal is more for collecting. But we didn't force people to use all of them. Like for example, if you want to collect your ideas in whiteboard, that's completely fine. Like you don't need to put it on a journal first. So why do you think certain people, you know, why do you think people get stuck? Like why do you think people fail to create or fail to put together what they've learned into kind of a coherent sort of product for people to share? Like what fell apart here? I think when it comes to creation, the biggest challenge about creation is not understanding what you want to create and not understanding what's in your mind enough. So the first thing is about like, what's the purpose of creating this? Is it like something that you need to do it daily or weekly because it's your job? Is it just like there's interesting things that comes to your mind and you want to kind of figure them out and share with others? There could be like many different purposes of creation. And so I think the first part, the first challenge people have to come through is like why they want to create this and who is this for? And the better they are at understanding these things, I think the easier it comes to creation. And the second thing is like, even if you know like why you are creating this or who you are creating it for, there's just so much in your mind, right? (laughs) And you need to figure out like what's the information that could be the useful material for this kind of creation. And uh, in most of the time when people don't take notes, they just need to like think very hard and trying to pull out information and arrange them and stare at it and kind of like, okay, let's modify it, let's edit it, blah, blah, blah. But in Hatabase or other note-taking tool, it's about continuously iterate your external brand, iterate your external knowledge and fit it into a structure that your mind can easily understand or easily remember. And that's how it helps creator utilize the notes that they have already aggregated. Like whenever I want to write something, I know like, oh, I can just go to this whiteboard. I have all this material there and I can pull some information, put them together into a structure and boom, the creation is done. Are whiteboards meant to be disposable? Do they last forever? Like what sort of practices that you recommend around such whiteboards? It also very depends on what this whiteboard is for. So there are certain whiteboards that, I mean, like many of our users use Heptabase for learning, right? So they are learning a course or they are reading a book. And so in that case, whiteboard is a place to help them understand, to help them see what's the actual structure of the knowledge and their learning. But then for some people, whiteboard is just a brainstorming space. They have all these ideas, they just like jot down ideas, boom, 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 boom. Okay, now I have like 20 or 30 cards that's like aggregate them into different space. And then after they create the final output, they never loop back to the original whiteboard. So that could be also the case. So it really depends on what's your use case of whiteboard. But I would say like the good things about whiteboard is you never need to delete it. You can always come back and see, oh, this is what I was thinking a few months or a few years ago. And it could still be helpful or beneficial to what you're currently doing. And how does Heptabase manage the people of Heptabase? How do they manage their own learnings and their own knowledge internally? How do you turn that into new product features or new insights or new content for the community? Uh, in Heptabase, I have around like 3,000 notes there already wow. in the past <laughs> few months. And uh, take one example, like 
when we talk to our users in our Discord communities, I create a card for every single user I talk to. And then I, I will have like these different whiteboards where we separate different personas of users. And inside those whiteboards, I can pull out the common trait of these users. For example, like they are usually doing their master or PhD degree and their jobs to be done could be doing some reference management or like making sense of the structure of what they are going to deliver to their professor. Like we have several use cases in mind and we can just like easily put, lay out their feedback in front of me. So I can have a better sense of like, oh, these are one of the very common trait of this type of persona and this type of persona represent 40% of our user base, what can we do with it? And then we think about features afterward. Or like the other way, we have a bunch of feature requests, thousands of it. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to feature requests, you don't really just like build whatever the user told you to build. You want to understand the problem that the users are facing when they use your product that makes them request this feature. But then instead, with the better understanding of the problem, you have a better idea of what could be a better feature for this problem. Or maybe we don't even need to build a new feature. Maybe we can just improve an existing feature and solve that problem. So this kind of process of distilling the problem from the feature request is also something I do a lot in Heptabase Whiteboard. Like I collect all these feature requests, but then I draw them into different problems and I see, oh, these three or five feature requests, they are all related to a same problem. And what are the way that we can solve this problem in a more clever way. Because like building product is what we are good at or coming up with a product idea is what we are good at, right? The user can only suggest things that they have seen before. But I think one of the key to build a good product is that you have to think out of the past experience and think about what's something new that can solve this problem better than the old ways. So going on to that, then what have been some little difficult product decisions you've had to make? Like what difficult no's, like one of the hardest things to say is to say no, right? What are some difficult no's you've had to say to your users and to your team, essentially? I can't recall like a moment when I feel like, oh, this is just so difficult. But I think it's difficult uh, every day <laughs> in terms of like any moment of a startup journey especially early stage. There is like hundreds of things that you can build, the hundreds of things that the user tell you that you need to build this, otherwise I won't use it. <laughs> so for us, it's about how do we prioritize, right? What's like the most important problem? And what user feedback are we going to put it on the back load and wait until the right moment to build? So it's all about prioritizing. And for us, it's like the main thing is to have this kind of iterative process of how you make prioritization. And in the end, it all comes back to what's the metric that you are trying to improve. Are you trying to improve user retention? Are you trying to improve user conversion? Or are you just trying to doing whatever you think? And for us, it's about understanding what are we improving right now and which metric is more important at the moment and why. Because like the user can request a feature and you know like even if we build this feature, they are not going to use it much. It's not going to affect user retention. But like if this feature is stated on a website, it could increase conversion. But for us, like at the early stage, even until now, the retention is always more important than the, any other metric. So whenever we saw a feature request that seems it's really cool, but it's really just not useful and it doesn't solve a big problem for the majority of our user base, we put it on the backlog. That happens every day. How are new users finding Heptabase nowadays? Basically 100% word of mouth. Oh, interesting. Wow. So you mentioned, you know, Notion and all those other Note products, right? What would you say is kind of the big differentiation between yourself and those other guys? I think the core things that differentiate products is not about the feature that it gave. It's about the kind of user that it's serving for. And 
for Notion, you can use it to take personal notes, right? But in the end, Notion is a product that built for a product team. A collaborative workspace. If you look at their homepage, they stated very clearly that it's an all-in-one workspace for design team and engineering team and many other team to collaborate information together to have this hub of information. So that is the primary customer that they are serving. And for Heptabase, on the other hand, we focus entirely on the learning and researching use case. So no matter what, like we make sure when it comes to learning, if you want to learn something, you want to research on something. If there is some complex topic, complicated things that you can't understand by writing in a piece of note or on paper, you want to preserve it because it's so important for maybe your career, your company, or your research. Heptabase is the best way to go because we provide all the feature that designed specifically for learning and distilling knowledge. You briefly mentioned collective knowledge, right? The notion of kind of like you have this individual person, and that's what Heptabase is serving right now. Well, how do you envision that turning into something more collective, into building more of a collective knowledge step? When it comes to collective knowledge management, I think it's a questions of communication, like how people communicate knowledge to each other, like how does knowledge flow into different direction and flow to the right person. So that's like a huge topic, and there's many way of thinking about this topic. Take Notion as an example. What they are thinking is a centralized workspace where there's this like people can go to the right place to find the right knowledge. But in Heptabase, like we are thinking in terms of knowledge discovery. How can we help people discover the right knowledge without trying to find or trying to search it? And、uh, when it comes to knowledge discovery, I think the core things here is about understanding the context of the user. I'm searching for knowledge, so I start googling. But the reason I start googling is because I'm in a certain context, which makes me want to Google for that questions. And there could be many other people in the world that were in the same context. So it's about matching the similar context together. But if you look at a traditional search, it's not about context matching. It's about keyword matching. It's about like, oh, they type this keyword, then we fetch this result for them. So that's like a different way to think about how we find knowledge. And in Heptabase approach, in the longer term, like we mentioned, we use whiteboard to present context, and every single whiteboard fundamentally is a metadata. About the relationship between cards, right? And every card could be tagged with different topic. So, like by utilizing this information to form this kind of context matching engine, I think it could create a new way we haven't experienced before about discovering knowledge based on context instead of discovering knowledge based on keyword or based on opening different layers of folders. And、um, why put Heptabase in Taiwan? Well, I'm Taiwanese. <laughs>、yeah. That's like one of the main reason. Our team is all Taiwanese, and、uh, it just makes sense to us. Like the living quality is great. It's very low cost compared to the U.S. And especially in this kind of the remote work. I mean, we are in a time where people do like Zoom call or like Google Meet every day, right? When I was in Silicon Valley, when I was in San Francisco or Seattle, when I meet with the founders there, I do it through Zoom. So I was like, then why am I here if I am meeting everyone through Zoom? <laughs> if I just move back to Taiwan, I have a lower cost, I have a better living quality, and I can still meet、uh, founders around the world or 
founders in the YC community very easily just by scheduling the call. So there's no reason for me to stay in an expensive place and also a place that might not have quality of life that we can have in Taipei at the moment. But I'm not saying that we won't move the company to the US in the future. It all really depends on like which stage the company is at. For example, if the company eventually are going to have a sales team in the US, then yeah, some of the employees will be in the US and some of the employees could be in Europe, in Southeast Asia, in Japan, in Korean. We do expect that to happen in the long term, like as a remote company. Back when I first came to Taiwan, back in 2015, there wasn't that many startups there. In fact, there was hardly any. What is your perspective and thoughts on kind of Taiwan's startup ecosystem right now as a recent founder? It seems great to me. Like I don't see there's a particular problem with the ecosystem. The ecosystem is growing and there are more and more founders, especially young founders in their 20s doing startup. So like I'm quite optimistic about how things is going. On the other hand, I mean, we are a U.S. company, right? But we hire in Taipei and that's like the general situation of most companies that is operating globally because like the U.S. still have better laws about infrastructure. Yeah, yeah, infrastructure. There's a lot of service that you can access. For example, like if we want to start a company and then we have to charge our like customers, right? And in U.S., you just set up a Stripe account and then you have a global payroll at the day yeah. one. In U.S., you just like connect to deal and then you can hire talent from globally. And in U.S., you get access to the U.S. market more easily and you get access to U.S. investor more easily. So like setting up a U.S. company still makes sense, I think, in most of the cases. But like hiring in Taiwan or operating in Taiwan, it has its benefit. And its benefit for me, it outweighed to bring the operation in the U.S., um, so what are your thoughts about how, based on those conversations, what do you think are things that Taiwan can do to encouraging that ecosystem and help other startup tech businesses like yours? It's all about making things more convenient. Also accept the truth that all the fundamental infrastructure in the U.S. is just super matured. So instead of trying to compete with it, think about how you can connect the ecosystem together. And so that you might have the legal infrastructure layer, building infrastructure layer, but then you can have like hiring an operation in Taiwan due to a lot of advantage this place has. As for encouraging people to start a startup, for me, I think it's more of a mentality things is about how you think about startup. Because when I met many people who is thinking about starting a startup in Taiwan, the way they think about startup is quite different compared to the people I met in the state or in international school. Taiwanese founders sometimes give me this feeling of being very realistic. And building a startup is about you create a product and you create a product for your user and your product is good enough that it, it has a big market. It can scale to the entire world and many people can benefit from it. So you think fundamentally with the problem that you are solving and get obsessed with the problem you are solving. And then you get an iterative process of how you communicate your users so that your product gets better and better. And along the way, you still have to do all those like operational stuff. But instead of focus on operational stuff at the beginning, I think it's more important to focus on the problem that you actually want to solve. So what I think about helping founders is not to tell them all the tactical advice of how to build a startup, but instead to think about what's the like problem that you actually care about? What's the problem that you are so passionate at that you will do it no matter what? Like Even if it's not in the form of startup, you can do it as a side project, you can do it as a research project or whatever, but what is something that you are so interested in, something that you have so much passion in it, something that you think that it will not exist if you don't engage your time fully into it? And so if you can figure out something like that, I think that is the best starting point when you think about whether you want to turn it into a startup. 
great. You guys should check out Heptabase. I checked it out. It's actually kind of cool. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me today and uh, have a great one.